0: Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith,
1: and I'm Sue, a visual artist.
0: We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. On the path, which is the name for our personal witchcraft practices, we have spent a great deal of time discussing what we believe and why. These conversations led to the writing of a book full of information about our tradition. We call these thoughts kernels because they are the start of much bigger ideas. We thought we'd share some of these with you, so... Today's metaphysical kernel of thought
0: is the five elements. The concept of the four physical elements of air, fire, water, and earth originated with the ancient Greeks circa 450 BCE. They supposedly make up all the manifestations of real things on the mundane and actually interact with each other in various ways on a purely physical level. Although we cannot see it, air increases fire moves water, and can either move or wear away earth. Fire needs air, is extinguished by water, and while it can scorch earth, it is also the means of regeneration for a number of plant species. Changes in temperature affect the physical state of water and it can be moved, heated, or cooled by air, is transformed to steam by fire, and both moves and nourishes earth. Earth is changed by air, fire, and water in varying degrees. These are also the traditional elements associated with witchcraft, and they are the ones we work with on the path. Each of them has correspondences that are used as part of our practices. One correspondence that is important to us is that each is associated with a different time of the day, and these associations have led to the path's four colors that we associate with each of the elements, which are often very different from other witchcraft practices and traditions. Each of the four elements has a specific type of energy that we work to establish a connection with during our cross-quarter times to assist us with ritual and magical workings. Air corresponds with the direction of east and the time of dawn and is associated with new ideas and beginnings, as well as the acquisition of knowledge. Fire corresponds with the direction of south and the time of midday and is associated with inspiration and creativity. Water corresponds with the direction of west and the time of twilight and is associated with emotions and spiritual connections. Earth corresponds with the direction of north and the time of night and is associated with grounding and balance. Finally. The path also calls upon the fifth element, which we believe is spirit. Spirit is associated with the center, and it can be thought of as our internal spark of the divine. This spark brings the four together for the process of personal creation and the use of magic for spiritual growth and change. Now, in our last episode, we talked about the energies that we work with in general. And now we're getting more specific. And if you paid attention really hard, you notice we said four physical elements. Today we're talking about five. And in our practice, we've added, I guess, what you'd call another one. In this metaphysical kernel of thought, we talk first about how there's the four elements, air, fire, water, earth, and how they manifest in our physical world. And I think that's what the ancient Greeks saw in the first place.
1: Yes. Well, and that's not the four physical elements that have their their place in the mundane and the magical.
0: Exactly. And I think they start out in the magical and then manifest in the mundane. And that is how we see the energy and how we ask the energy to assist us, for want of a better word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, the the four... Elements have all sorts of associations or correspondences that go with them. And the most common one is air is east, fire is south, water is west, and earth is north. And many traditions associate colors with each of the four elements, and they use, if I remember right, yellow for air, red for south.
1: Red for red for fire.
0: Red for fire, yep. Blue for Blue water. Blue for water and green or brown for earth, which makes yes. sense. The only one I always struggled with was yellow for air until I learned more about color correspondences and the traditional association with yellow is knowledge and ideas. So it makes sense.
1: Well, and I I have to admit that for the first few years, all right, a number of years, I didn't know any different and that was the only information that was available. And I hadn't yet emancipated myself to even think that I could come up with different colors, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And I that's think it's just
1: how it is. Well, we But that's how I thought it was.
0: I agree. Because Many of the or want of a better word, Magic one oh one, witchcraft one oh one type books, those are the associations mm-hmm. that you're given. So, you kind of take it as gospel and go from there. And I think a big takeaway from this should be that people have the right to figure out their own associations with anything or correspondences. Mm-hmm. You have to do what works for you and then go from there and see if, try it out and see if it works. And if it doesn't, try something else until mm-hmm. so you find what you're comfortable with. I mean, we came up with our associations for colors and things more based on the time of day and when you think about it the four physical elements as you start with air as dawn and go around that compass rose circle as it were
1: Mm -hmm.
0: associated with a different time of day as well i mean go on forever finding correspondences for the elements yes and I have struggled at times wondering, because I wonder if other people who practice in different areas, if they orient the direction that they associate each one with, with something different, like in the southern hemisphere. I wonder if north is fire, south is earth kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I the, know- yeah, the, the actual element might not necessarily, the, the element and the correspondences but the or the colors but yes the direction depending upon what hemisphere you're on and and those types of things that could change
0: yes exactly now for us i always wondered if maybe north should be associated with water i mean we live in upstate new york so we're right under lake ontario as it were so we have a bunch of water to the north but then we also work very closely with the energy of the Genesee River, which flows into the lake where we live, if you've ever seen a map of New York State. And it's weird because the energy of that flows south-north. And it's only one of two rivers in the world that does that. So we really kind of have water all around us. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of stuck with the more traditional in that respect. And I think as you said, we, we start out talking about how the elements are part of the mundane world. And the ancient Greeks kind of divided them into these four categories and they mm-hmm. kind of stuck with us ever since in those terms. And when you think about it, different combinations of those four mundane elements do kind of make up everything around oh. us and us.
1: Yes. And the the addition of the, the fifth element I've always wondered because many of your diagrams will show that are trying to show a fifth element of spirit will do a cross with the four and then put spirit in the center. Or if they're trying hard to put it onto a pentacle, they'll put spirit at the top. It's almost like they're trying to to fit it in to a diagram without allowing it to be itself. Does exactly. that make sense? Yes, it
0: does. And it's hard to, to describe spirit as an element. You know what I'm saying? Yes. In terms of magic. Because we kind of decided that it associated with the center because it's our, we, we think of it as our internal spark of the divine. That's how spirit for one of the word, it manifests in the mundane world. It's that internal spark inside each of us. Yes. And, but there's also the external spark, because it's the divine of the universe and creates everything. So maybe that's the element of spirit in the mundane. But when you think about it, you have the physical manifestation of the four elements. And then because we have the world of the mundane and the world of the magical, you have them as the magical side the four elements, and they're there, and they are individual spiritual energies for want of a better word, just energies, leave the spiritual out of it, Mm -hmm. they are energies that appear on the magical and have different signatures and different correspondences that allow us to work with them and we create magic we do a spell that involves the four elements and they interact with our internal spark of the divine which is what allows us to work with them to create the changes we want or to manifest something in the physical world that becomes part of that physical air fire water earth and spirit Mm -hmm. And you and I have never given spirit a color. I know some traditions associate purple with spirit, if you're going to give it a color, because I think that's because it's... Well, it's
1: it's regal. Mm,
0: That's where I'm going. Way back, color was reserved for the rulers because the dye was so difficult to create.
1: Well, yeah, if I remember correctly... Purple is made from irises and it takes an awful lot of them.
0: It's so like yes, saffron.
1: very expensive.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like so
1: saffron. It,
0: exactly. It wasn't what people ordinary people, everyday people could afford. So right. it, it got reserved at that point, but you know, because it's special and I'm in charge and all that. And part of working with energies is we've learned we're not in charge. And it's an interaction. Yes, between our
1: it is a dance.
0: Yes, that's a good way to describe it. It is a dance, and it is our spiritual energy reaching out to their energy. So it's very di- and it's very different because we're human and they're not. Energy is not. Most of the energy that we work with is not human, because it's different. You know, if you talk about
1: Well, when you talk about it that way, I see the Cuban aspect is our mundane aspect. That's our carbon unit. And that is how we interact with not only with the mundane world, but how we can interact with the magical world. It's the go-between.
0: Yes, I think that's a really good way to put it. And because our carbon unit, as you put it, contains our internal spark of the divine. The magical energies recognize us.
1: Yes. Well, like attracts like.
0: Yes, exactly, which is a big principle of magic when you think about it. Yes. And that's where correspondences come in.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And when we first came up with or we're, were discussing having the different times of the day as another correspondence, with the colors that we use, that I can't tell you what a big click that just made in my brain. And it just fell into place and made so much sense.
0: Now see, you describing that click in your brain is the best way I think to tell people what they can look for when they're trying to figure out for themselves what their work what works.
1: Oh and- yeah, you know.
0: You know, and it makes sense not only to your to your spirit; it makes sense to your brain as well. And when you put all those pieces together, it's like, oh,
1: <laughs> you know, like
0: really a really horrible sound, but a great way to say, you know, you figured something out. And the yeah. other piece is, you're allowed to change it as you grow, because sometimes certain things will work right now because they make sense to what you think and what you believe and what you're doing. And you come back next year and it's like, why are we still doing this? This doesn't work anymore.
1: This doesn't work anymore. And the the ability, especially when you're working with somebody else. mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing with your solitary and you can have that ability to self-regulate, but, Working with someone else and being able to open your mouth and say, you know, I have a suggestion. <laughs> this isn't working for me anymore. Is it? Is it still working for everybody else?
0: Yes, I agree. But both yeah. are a really valid path. Oh, yes. You know, and even if you are working with other people, I know that we, I have certain things that I do that are mine that are part of my own personal spiritual practice that allows me to come together and work with somebody else and go back and enhance my own stuff.
1: Oh, good point. Yes. There's, there's nothing that says that you can't, if you're part of a group that you can't have your own practice <laughs> at the same time, exactly. you know, the, the idea of going to a full moon ritual with your group And then coming home and having your own full moon ritual? Well, of course you can.
0: Or having a ritual just because it's Tuesday.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you need one. Yeah, and you need one. exactly. There are some days when you just need to sit in sacred space because that's how I can ground myself from the... Craziness of the mundane world. <laughs>
0: oh I agree completely. and I think we all need that in our lives some days. And I think that's one of the biggest joys of witchcraft is you get to figure out what works for you and go with it. But to sum it up, one of the energies that we work with is definitely the four physical elements. I think because they are the easiest to connect with for a lot of people. Because they are manifested so blatantly, for want of a word, in the mundane world.
1: Yes, you can see it. You can interact with it and manipulate to a certain extent.
0: Well, it's part of our reality when you think about it. It's what we see in front of us. It's what we hear when the wind blows. It's what we taste. It's what we smell. It's what we can touch. And Mm -hmm. humans, as you put it, carbon units... That's how we interact with the world, yes. so those elements are there, so they're the easiest for us to what am a better word begin to work with first on the magical, <laughs> or at least that's my opinion mm-hmm. and then a lot of beginning people those are the first things you learn about are the quarters and and the associations with them and the colors and all the fun pieces of it. The big thing to take away from this is to remember that just because they are the most commonly manifested in the physical does not mean that you can demand that they work with you or that they give you or that they should correspond to something because you say so. No, and,
1: and that would be a great exercise for your own meditation is to approach the elements and say, How are you best represented in my reality at this time?
0: Mm -hmm. And you can research all sorts of associations for each of the elements. I mean, if you go to Pinterest and type in element of air, (laughs) thousands of pictures and things.
1: Make sure you have two or three hours.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, but the idea is if you start doing (laughs) stuff like that and start looking, the traditional correspondences have been there and are there and a lot of
1: them fit that's why they started in the first place
0: right. well a lot of, and a lot of energy has been put into those correspondences yes. and those associations over the centuries by a lot of people who practice what we do so you mm-hmm. don't discount them but if something just doesn't ring right with you that's okay too
1: Absolutely.
0: And I think that is a good spot to end this one. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now.
1: In today's Spotlight, we'll be looking at the Witchstone Winter Solstice. Concrete stones focus on a specific physical energy rather than a concept, and the next four concrete stones represent the four solar sabbats. The first sabbat is Winter Solstice, which displays a pictograph of a gray chrysalis hanging from a black branch. For those of us who walk the path, which is what we call our spiritual practice, each Sabbath is associated with a change in the focus of the solar energy. Winter solstice marks the calendar date for the start of the season of winter. The path considers this day the peak of dark energy because it's the shortest day of the year but it also marks the faint beginnings of the return of light energy while we are in the middle of the dark half of the year. The solstice's magical correspondences include hidden potential and necessary patience, the strengthening of new beginnings, hope and peace, and cocooning to generate new plants. The scene energy for the winter solstice stone in a reading is metamorphosis, regenerative energy, and ends and beginnings. Metamorphosis may be a complete change in yourself by mundane or magical means similar to a butterfly emerging from a cocoon. Regenerative energy may be used to restore yourself or start something over again. You may experience an ending and the beginnings Of something amazing as a happening or a result. The unseen energy for the winter solstice stone in a reading is unexpected changes, delays, and fear of the unknown. Unexpected changes are those that may throw you off balance for a time. Delays may be the universe's way of letting you know it's not yet time for something. And fear of the unknown May make you feel like hiding away, but moving beyond it can lead to the start of a brand new adventure.
0: Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Here's a witchy trick for some candlelight enhancement. The holiday of Candlemas has just passed us by and many witches used candles as part of that particular celebration where we rejoice in the ever returning light. In fact, many other religions take this time of year to bless and prepare candles. Here's a quick idea if you want to prepare some of those miniature tea lights, you know, the ones that come in bags at any big box or dollar store for various magical purposes to have on hand, and it takes a lot less time than you might think. First of all, consider what you might use these little tea lights for. For instance, I like to prepare a bunch that are full of calming energy for myself for when I come home after being on the road for hours at a time, driving kids here, there, and everywhere, or when I have to make a bunch of business-related phone calls. Once you figure out what your purpose is, figure out what colors, scents, or herbs you associate with each of these purposes and grab some of them. We use one of those old-fashioned electric frying pans, you know, the large ones that you can cook all sorts of things in to melt the wax in a number of tea light candles while we gather up those herbs essential and essential oils, not to mention a box of basic crayons and a vegetable peeler. A vegetable peeler works great for shaving bits of wax off colored crayons at this point to add some color to your tea lights. Just remember, please, once it's been used for candle making, giving it back to, back to vegetables never works out well at all. There seems to be some odd colors that seem to get stuck in the peeler no matter how much you wash it. After the wax is melted, turn off the frying pan. Now add the colored shavings, herbs, and or oils to your tea lights and just let the wax harden back up. And you have candles for any kind of magical purpose that you want in miniature. Store each kind in a separate airtight candle with a label. I know we harp on labeling things a lot, but this label gives you a quick inventory at a glance what you have available for your own use at any moment and helps keep it straight. And these airtight containers help keeps any scents or herbs that you have added fresh. If you want to empower your candles for a specific purpose at this time while you're making them, Write out some quick and easy spell couples you can say while you add items to the wax. That's all there is to it. Don't think as well that you're only limited to creating them at this time of year. Making spell candles as you need them works just fine anytime you want to do it. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope to join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two Young Crones, all one word.
1: You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And our Twitter handle is at twoyoungcrones. Check out our merch at our Teespring store. We also have a Patreon account called the Young Crones Cafe, where you can support the podcast if you enjoy our efforts.
0: Until then, remember... We are witches who work with energies to effect change.
1: We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine.
0: We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles.
1: We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. We are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be.